0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: I might have the mumps. Mark m- m- might mumps. have the, m- the, bumps. the mumps. The mumps is, is it that is that is that an American thing? Do you do you get that over there? No. Uh, I, what, I mean, gonna... I know
2: what they are, but like we all had to get shots and stuff for it. I don't, so we don't uh, oh, see I've... it near as much.
1: It's either um, mumps or it's a blocked pituitary gland or pineal gland or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, lymph a lymph node, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, but the problem is, uh, if it's a blocked lymph node, I've had cancer in the a past. blocked lymph node, if there's anything. Yeah, uh, the yeah. last time that happened to me, I had cancer. So, hey, it's been a fun old week. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but let's not dwell on being ill. Why are my microphone levels bouncing all over the place? I have no idea, mate. Is it because I'm zoomed in? Oh, I'll I'll fix it all in post. Right, so, uh, so what, what, what have you done to your shoulder then kelly
2: i wish i knew this is the thing that that bothers me so and the reason that it's extra aggravating is because um i was having trouble with my other shoulder so i went and um got some acupuncture and a massage and it helped a ton and like my other arm works again and everything's fine and then um Yesterday morning, I woke up and I was like, did I sleep wrong on my shoulder? It feels kind of it's it's like a almost like a pinched nerve. Like if I turn my head to the one direction, like it kind of hurts like down inside my shoulder. So I'm like, okay, well, like I'll just sleep on it. uh, You know, I'll sleep gently tonight. Right. Because I don't want to roll over that way because it hurts. Right. Wrong. Now it's just worse. So now it hurts even if I don't turn my head that way. And I got to figure out what the heck I did wrong.
1: (laughs) In in, in, oh. in the off chance, I've never thought I'd say this, but we're going to do a bit of pillow talk now, Kelly. When was the last time you changed yeah. your pillows?
2: Um, It's been a while. <laughs> I will <Sorry>. say that.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I forget I'm 41, but I'm also a very small child. <laughs>
2: Is there a British connotation yes. to this that I'm not picking up? Because yes. I'm just thinking about like literally a different thing I put on the bed where my head goes.
1: Yeah, but that, that's a talk. pillow pillow talk.
2: <laughs> oh no, that part I totally picked up. Yeah, that was yeah. Not, yeah.
1: And, then, and then you no, said it's it been a while. <laughs> I tell you, don't don't worry. That's just his childish. <laughs> and the that's silence funny. there is the end of my <laughs> podcasting <laughs> career.
3: Bye. <laughs> I... By the way, Kelly, do you have pain in the elbow or the wrist? No. No. Okay. Right. Because I once had a thing called frozen shoulder, which is actually a pinched nerve in your neck. Yeah. Which creates all these phantom pains down your arm. And when it's bad, it feels like somebody's sticking a knife in the joints. So it's very unpleasant indeed. Yeah. So I I've know heard what you that. Mean, and so. It took a long time to get rid of it. I, in the end, I had to have powerful anti-inflammatories that made me feel sick as a dog. But at least it Ugh. freed up whatever it was in my neck. And then it went away. So there we go. Anyway.
1: And you're listening to Old Gits Getting Old. On this week, back problems, neck problems and the mumps. (laughs) This week on my complaints. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Right. Well, we might as well get this one out of the way then. So, Kelly, how was the weather with you today?
2: Uh it's overcast. It's probably reasonably English. Uh it's overcast. It's going to be about uh 55 maybe 60 degrees Fahrenheit here no,
1: today. No, no, no. We need the um, proper proper measurement. All uh, oh, right, 55 Fahrenheit uh, <laughs> Celsius. See, I, I I prefer our system of weather because 0 is cold. It's freezing. Yeah, yours yes. oh, it just doesn't make sense. So it's 12 and a half degrees.
2: Well, I was going to say it's going to be slightly cooler than a server room if that gives people like any sort of practical measure.
1: At server rooms it's the only place where you can be guaranteed to get a dose of um oh what's that stuff that they use to spray out of them should I have been in there when that gas was coming out the ceiling i wonder if that's what caused mm-hmm. me to be Ill. i remember once being in a server room in dubai and i spent the entire day in there and i basically i cranked up the heating so i didn't quite die and then i had flu for 3 weeks
3: yeah mm-hmm. yeah probably cuz you're lucky you didn't get legionnaires disease <laughs> Yeah. mean
1: yeah uh oh yeah. right um so kelly i have not been following you because i've been told that it gets a bit weird when i'm looking at your timeline all the time so what have what have we been up to <laughs> recently that you want us to touch upon
2: uh gosh um i well uh the the most pressing probably or the the thing i think about the most right now I, I guess i should say is um season two of westworld has started here Oh no, no
1: spoilers no spoilers
2: know. I have a Westworld podcast. And so this is the thing that I have been thinking about a lot because I went on Twitter and saw um, when the first season was airing originally, I was on Twitter and saw somebody talking about um, that's the latest podcast I heard where they, you know, got some detail about it wrong. And I replied and I said, I thought everybody knew that, that, you know, this was how that worked. And and he said, obviously, the answer is no. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I guess I should have my own podcast about Westworld because I know that. And I'm really excited to talk about Westworld. And Mr. Kelly is basically done hearing about it, even though I'm not finished. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, so feels the
1: same way. Damn, um, so there's still a Mr. Kelly. Please,
4: yeah, hey,
2: I, well,
1: please, please
3: don't tell me anymore. You know, <laughs> um, I don't want to
2: know. Well, we'll come back to Kelly, yeah, okay. don't, don't yeah, tell okay. me. We're, we're like, c- what about this? No, no. What about that? He's,
1: uh, um. I called it by the way. Did the, the the plot twist in season one. Have you seen season yeah. one, Simon?
3: Yes, yeah. I watched season one. And in yeah. fact, season two has started here, but
1: I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I called the thing in season one where it's like, hang on a sec, this is different timelines. I called yeah. that. Called it.
2: And uh so we started a podcast. So Don Melton and I have a show called Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. And uh he was uh, the, thing I, the thing I like to tell my family when I'm like, yeah, I have a podcast with somebody, and uh, the way I always put it is, uh, you know the web browser on your phone? Yeah, he's responsible for that. Because right, Don was the head of uh, WebKit at Apple. I was
1: just day. trying to place the name in my head there.
2: Yep. And that's how, that's where. And so uh he and I have a podcast. We have the best time uh recording the show and hopefully that comes through when we are uh when we release them because mostly um we just like to get together and talk about it and it's it's a whole lot of fun. So uh this season we've mixed it up a bit. What we're doing is uh you can't uh, save this are... one
1: we're actually starting the show. Um, <laughs> I, I just uh, yeah. I thought we did. Oh, so. uh, okay. uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? I'm not even... Yeah, let's just go for it. I'm not going to put any hello welcome to the Essential Apple Show because, let's face it, you, you are solely responsible for our biggest episode ever by ten <laughs> times.
3: Oh, my God. Not
1: quite. It, it, it was a all, magnitude... All yeah, four or five times. It was a magnitude of, like... Because we had the show, you came on, you disappeared, Then a couple of weeks later, our stats just went ballistic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, thanks for that, Kelly. So, yeah, so come on, continue promoting your other podcast then.
2: <laughs> so, uh, well, so this this season we're doing something a bit different because we started the other one about halfway through season one. So this time we're with the season from the beginning. So what we're doing is watching the show the minute it becomes available. And then when it's over, uh, we we hop on and record a quick Twenty-minute show, like I set a timer and we get twenty minutes to talk about whatever the heck we just watched.
1: And has that actually ever happened? Bearing in mind that when you're on, when you're on last podcast we were on, I had no editing to do. There was just a continuous sound wave of Kelly. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like, do I need to edit anything? Nope. Top tail. Published. Job done.
2: <laughs> well, um, what we do is set a timer so that we keep it kind of constrained. So we make sure we like only really hit the big stuff, and it's like the initial reaction show. And then later in the week, we do an episode where like now that we've talked about it a little bit, maybe read some theories online and get together is sort of some, you know, gotten the chance to sit through it a little bit more and and watch for some of the smaller things that you kind of lose the first time through because you're just sort of trying to watch for everything that's going on at the same time. So uh, we're doing two shows a week there. Um, this is basically forcing me to up my editing game, and uh, so far we're only one episode into season two. It's been a lot of fun. So, so without, um, with,
1: without giving any spoilers away, how are you ranking season two so far? I mean, it's only one episode, but did it sort of have that thing where it grabbed you like episode like last year's? Because. Last year's episodes had the same thing, where oh, I don't understand what's happening. Oh, there's all these unresolved plot points, or at least that's what we were getting here in the UK. And it was sort of like it really felt like online journalism had forgot about season-long story arcs. So does mm-hmm. does the second series sort of pick up from that a little bit?
2: Uh, it's very similar in that um, you are watching, you know, ten movies over 10 weeks. And, um, and I think. <clears throat> one of the things that I'm interested in in season two, granted we've only, we're only one episode in, but one of the things that has been interesting to me is that um, because season two builds on season one, they don't have to spend a bunch of time on like, here's who this is and here's their deal. And this is why it matters. And you know, this is how they have all these relationships with all these other people. Like we sort of have all of that already. And so they're picking up all the plot line from where the last one left off. And the other thing that is really nice in the U S anyway is that season one was 10 episodes, the end. And that's the thing that um, HBO tends to do often, is a much uh, shorter season. Lots of other shows, like <coughs> network television, it's 20 or 24 episodes, make a season. And when you have that much time to fill, you end up with some filler. And- oh,
1: blimey. designate designated survivor on Netflix being a very, very good example of that.
2: Yes. So um, one of the nice things about about this is that it's lean and mean. Um, Like, you know, every episode, a lot of stuff happens. You know, there's like maybe one big thing that you remember that maybe resonates throughout the rest of the season. But there's always like smaller things that are happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few episodes down the line, like it jumps off, you know, all these little clues that you were getting all along, all of a sudden, like, that's the headline later on. And One of the things I've really enjoyed about it is that it takes for granted that the audience has a lick of sense and isn't holding everybody's hand and walking you through with flashing neon signs about what's going to happen every episode. And that's part of where uh, Don and I sort of fell into it was, you know... um, you've given me an answer or like a payoff to a particular plot line, but that payoff is now just making me ask 25 more questions. And that's my favorite kind of show.
1: It's always like the polar opposite of something like, what was the shambles of a film I watched the other week? Uh, Alien Prometheus? Oh. 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 Dire. Ow. Yeah.
3: Prometheus. I've watched that film three times. Every time I watch it, the first time I watched it, I thought, I have absolutely no idea what the bloody hell that's all about.
1: Covenant, (laughs) that's the one. Covenant Covenant as well was just as bad. It's you just kind of want people to do like a Westworld, say just be original. Stop nicking elements from Alien and Aliens because we all know that you're nicking a bit of the colonial Marines. You replace someone called Dallas with a lead person called Tennessee. You just think, Oh, seriously, seriously. Yeah. Oh,
2: you know, and I, particularly when it comes to alien though, I think, um, the reason that feels a little bit like adding insult to injury is because of what the alien, what the first three alien movies were like in the first place, you know, specifically the first couple, um, knowing what you have and then like caring about that so much. I think part of the reason that people were so mad about like Prometheus and whatever the new one was called is, um, is because they want it to be better because they care so much about it. You know, it's not the same sort of, this isn't a great movie, as like the second Pacific Rim film. Because the first Pacific Rim film was all right. You know, it was a fun movie. Yeah, but, that, exactly. but you,
1: you have no expectations for that. It's basically it robot it, jobs. not in,
2: invested in that world and it wasn't like, a. It, to me it didn't feel anyway like it was quite as crafted of a film and of a world as what we got in Alien and Aliens. So I think part of it is the frustration of knowing that like, enough of the principal people are back to continue playing in this universe and it feels like they don't care about it as much as what I do and that's really frustrating like I want it to be better you know and I think um, to bring it around like sometimes that's what I feel about Apple stuff is that sometimes people's frustration is expressed as anger or um, aggravation or like this is a stupid thing that Apple's doing and it's because those are and sometimes that criticism is coming because I want Apple to be better because it matters to me what Apple's doing it has an impact on on my life and I want to and I want it to be great, and it doesn't feel like it's great right now, and it's really frustrating because I know that's a thing that they're capable of.
3: No, going to say, that no, that is true. When you're talking about Apple, and and also about films, uh, like Star Wars, people get
2: oh, upset
3: when things don't, don't live up.
1: To oh, we we we're not going order. into Last Jedi. No, 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 no. What? What a shambolic pile of absolute! I can't swear on yeah, this show. It's any Star that. Wars film really? that it starts off with a young mama joke the casino <laughs> the casino scene vader uh, not vader um yoda what what happened did all the the animatronic staff go oh you know what We've run out of budget on this let's get jeff in the corner to do it whilst he's on his fag break it was just <laughs> it started off with so much promise and then and, th- and then the most unforgivable thing of all is mary poppins leah
2: Okay. I didn't, I liked what they were doing there. I didn't like how they did it, there was, but I did like that they did it.
1: It was, it, it was too much of, it was too much of Disney going, you know what? We need a bit here. We need a bit of the Lion King. and uh, Now we need a little bit of Casino Royale because, you know, we can the, get a, a new uh, Cantiana scene. Oh,
2: I'm going to, I will fight you on Cantabite. I absolutely will. Go on, because... state
1: your case then. State your case.
2: <clears throat> this is a piece of the Star Wars universe we've never seen before. We've never seen a high roller anything. All we've seen is is dirty used hand-me-down space you know millennium falcon not new we're not going to get that for another month um you know the millennium falcon wasn't new x-wings weren't new tatooine was kind of a pit um i grew up in the oregon desert so it felt very familiar to me <laughs> uh, if you live on it if there's a, a bright center to the universe here on the planet that it's farthest from oh hey that's me um <laughs> All these sort like one of the things that I really enjoyed about the Last Jedi. First of all, I liked Canto Bite because it was representative of a piece of Star Wars. A piece of of the galaxy where this all takes place that we've never seen before. And I like getting to see the parts we've never seen before. And speaking of I just want it to be better, that's one of the things that frustrated me so badly about uh, the second J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie was that I've been told this story. You get an entire universe to play in. And you're going to tell me a story about a character. First of all, you're going to tell me the story of a character that I already know. And second of all, you're going to tell me the story of a character that I'm now seeing for the third time. It felt lazy. And canto by we've never seen before. We've never seen the rich and beautiful out playing anywhere. Like it stands to reason they exist. Not everybody is rebellion or empire. And so it was really interesting to me to see that. And I really liked how it advanced the piece of the plot that we needed for rose and for finn and for the viewing of of this universe through a different lens you know good guys and bad guys remember we get on the ship and like oh look he sold stuff to the empire so yeah he's a bad guy but oh look he's also selling x-wings to the rebellion right okay Uh, and that was like a very interesting piece of the universe that we've never seen before so i really liked that and the other thing that i enjoyed about this a lot was um the some of the literal got old after a while, but the metaphorical burning down of all of this stuff, like I, I get it. And there's going to be there's a new Star Wars. There's a whole bunch of universe and that out there was that a little
1: bit said. hamfisted. It, it was so trying. It's it sort of. I don't, how do I explain it? It felt like they were trying too hard to force the, like, you've got to forget about Han, you've got to forget about Leah if you forgot to, get, forgot to get about Solo. It just seemed to just push too hard on it.
2: But I liked that they were, I liked it because I want to know what's coming next, I think is part of it. Like, I don't need to see... Uh, I don't I don't need there to be nine movies that star the four characters that I grew up knowing and loving like I can deal with others, you know, um, Doctor Who is an example of this like I can have new characters and and get new stories and that's fine with me. Now, if they're not well done, that's different, but I really I am looking forward to what's going to happen with the rest of the Star Wars universe movies. And even just I mean, to be honest, even just based on the trailer footage that we've seen so far, all I want in life from the Star Wars universe is for Lando Calrissian to get his own movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I mean, that that should be possible now, what with Black Panther, but can we- like-
2: Glover is amazing, and him as Lando Calrissian is super amazing. It's like the best casting choice, and I can't wait to see what kind of trouble- he gets into because some of those are going to be really fun based on where they end up. You know what I mean? Like we know, we know the end of Lando's story as far as the star Wars universe goes. I want to see the beginning and it looks like we're going to get some of that. And it's going to be awesome because it can't not be awesome because They got Donald Glover to do it. He's awesome. So Can,
1: can we agree on at least one thing? One, well, we one thing. we agree
2: that the Mary Poppins bit was, was rough. And, so,
1: I will up that, when uh, when your man was flying, one um, of the last scenes where the, what were they called? The little, not the TIE fighters, but the thing that rocked up the dust. Um, oh, yeah. It, <clears throat> yeah, that scene the, there where-
2: The things on the salt planet.
1: That's yeah. the one. So all of a sudden- if the cannon fires, it blows it blows off a wing, and it's melting things left, right, and centre. Yet somehow, it doesn't have the same effect when you pilot right into the middle of it and fly right into the big, massive cannony thing. How does that work? It's like it touches you and it melts the outside of your um, tie fightery doodah thing, but yet you can fly straight through the middle of it. If that is well, not a plot point, I don't know what a, a plot hole. I don't know what is.
2: Well, he didn't fly straight into it. He did. I mean, he was. He He goes right into
1: the middle of it he's actually in the middle of the laser beam thingy.
2: It seemed like he was <laughs> on the on the bottom edge of it because it was up off the ground a bit because they were trying to get to the door. So in my mind, that was that was all it was, was that he wasn't high enough. And so he was going to get up off the ground and bail into it was what was going to happen. And that he was like below sort of the, the critical range where it was, you know, screwing up the other fighters because that's why it was only the stuff up off the ground that was having... That was being affected by flying in front of it. So to me, that was how it, I wasn't trying to fill anything in. That was just how I understood it.
1: Yes. Oh, I was just about to say the ultimate insult then. You're saying, you're like, oh, typical fanboy, typical, <laughs> typical Apple fanboy justifying everything because they can. <laughs>
2: Well, and I wasn't meant like, wasn't like that. Fill it in. That was just how I read it, and so that I didn't. It I didn't have an issue with it for that reason. I just went, oh, because it is pointed. It is like up off the ground a bit. It is pointed a little higher because they want to make sure they get the entire. All right, door,
1: then. All right, so. one more for you. One more. Snoop can see everything. Oh, oh, yeah. We can do spoilers now, can't we? We might have to put a spoiler it's, tag in this Simon
2: It's been long uh, enough. I think yeah. you can. You can watch this movie in your house. Legally, so I'm pretty sure we're not giving anything away.
1: I love the way you tacked on "legally" at the end there, as if to say, who would go and do such a thing and watch it illegally?
2: You can go on iTunes and rent it this minute if that's a thing you want to do, and you don't have to go anywhere to do that, or you can buy a disc or whatever. So,
1: the the thing about Snoke where he sees everything and then he dies, Mm -hmm. that. Again, I kind of say... I loved it. Uh,
2: <laughs> <sighs> okay, you know why, though? <laughs> because Because I felt like it gave us... I felt like it was an underscore because stick with me on this because Ray is from nowhere. All she wants in life is to know who her parents are. And it turns out that it doesn't matter who her parents are. It matters who she is. And that's the thing that's important. And there was definitely a rock
1: song clip waiting to be played at that moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I liked that. I mean, if that's the way they were going to go with it, I liked that. And so I sort of liked the, um, the idea of like, it doesn't matter who Snoke is. It matters that, like, this is the mayhem that he's created and that there's, like, you know, fallout and aftermath and all this. And so I really... So I sort of liked the the idea of, of oh, and, like, Snoke that, you know, everybody's had all these theories about for a couple of years now. Like, nope, it doesn't matter. He is from nowhere. He is of no consequence. And I, somehow that was the thing. Like, I was totally fine with it. And I really liked... uh. I really liked how he went out. I thought that that was very interesting because he does he does think he knows all and thinks he sees all, but what he saw, he was misinterpreting.
1: Ah, oh, then this takes us all the way back to what was it, episode three in the actual birth of Vader where he sees... Um... Padme dying and screaming, and that's a whole misinterpretation thing. I remembered I something. What
2: you're about. Oh, the, no you do you the not the remember? Episodes of Star Wars start with episode four.
1: Oh, of course. Sorry. Sorry. Momentary slip. <laughs> um, Touche.
2: Back to is episode four, which is what I told you is true from a certain point of view. Oh. Uh... And that's where snoke is coming from he sees the resolve he sees that kylo ren is going to do what it, it is going to do exactly what he wants. He knows that there's a killing on the horizon and he knows that Ben is going to do it. And he knows that this is the, and he knows he thinks he knows exactly what's going to happen. The problem is he's wrong about the target. And to me, again, <clears throat> the part that I filled in, the part I filled in was that not only was he, not only was Ben doing this, but he was successful at hiding it from Snoke, who was the one behind the force time calls. These two have been having the whole movie in the first place, Right. So I liked I liked that because it felt like to me it showed that Ben was a lot more powerful and a lot more force adept than maybe we thought in the first place he's not great at dealing with it you know obs but I liked I liked that he could do it and that he could hide enough of it from Snoke that Snoke didn't see it coming, but also that he showed enough of it to Snoke that Snoke thought he was absolutely just playing along and being compliant when it turned out that the exact opposite was the case. So I felt like that was informative on a couple of fronts. Again, headcanon. This is what happens when you, I get to watch a Star Wars movie. <laughs> this is what happens when,
1: when Kenny is left unsupervised with nothing to do.
2: Well, I I got to see I got to see Last Jedi four times in the theater opening weekend. That's commitment. So that is... I don't it was Star Wars. I don't I don't screw around when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> so um I I enjoyed it very much. It, like as a As a smaller piece of a larger tale, I thought it was a lot of fun. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was uh, that it felt like sort of the end of the old stuff and the be and a way to jump off into a whole bunch of new stuff.
4: Yeah, and I I found
2: that as well. Can't wait to see where that goes because I know some of the names of the people they've they've invited to come play in this universe, and it's an entire universe and. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. I can't, I'm gonna be sad about episode nine forever because it was supposed to be Princess Leia's movie. She was going to get her her film. You know, Han Solo got one. Luke Skywalker got one. And nine was supposed to be Princess Leia. And now it can't be. And yes, every time I watch The Last Jedi, I tear up a little bit when she's on the screen because I can't hold myself. And I but I still can't wait to see where where it goes, where it ends up, how this story is going to expand and how the universe is going to expand because it's a place I've spent a goodly portion of my life. And I want to continue to to go there and i want to see what other people's takes on it are
1: and so just to wrap this up then you have you watched <laughs> it on your apple tv at all to try and talk about something apple in the last 29 minutes
2: <laughs> <laughs> um i have and uh and but like uh bleh, i was gonna talk about 4k um the the 4k pieces of it uh i mean the whole thing looks beautiful on my Apple TV. Uh, I have, and I have uh, some. If if you look in certain places, there's a variety of versions of the original films that are available to you and I've watched some of those on the Apple TV as well and I enjoy them very much Uh, and I uh, sometimes the navigation is a little rough on the Apple TV I'm not Uh, super uh, into
1: Have you um, you used the YouTube app? That is horrible It's
2: like like,
1: nobody from YouTube has ever used an Apple TV ever and has gone oh this is how it should look like
2: People, you know, and that's one of the things that sort of irks me about the Apple TV is uh, I want it to be great. This is exactly what, what we were talking about to start with. Um, I want it to be great. And I feel like the people who are doing development for the Apple TV, not nearly enough of them have actually sat down with someone who does not develop something for the Apple TV and tried to get that person to use the thing that they developed. On the Apple TV, yeah. Because if they had, they would know that regular people are going to go. This is too hard. I can't figure anything out. I'm just. How do I take apps off my Apple TV?
1: Oh, it, YouTube is a prime example of where they have uh-huh. completely screwed up. It's because th- I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to you know uh, link across content and you know show other videos that you might be interested in. But it's sort of so when you've got a video playing and you pull down on the remote, do you? Push back up to go back into the video, or do you not touch it? Do you wait, let's say, 10, 15 seconds for the screen to suddenly pop back into the foreground? It's, it, it just feels so incoherent, and I just don't understand why nobody is. Like you said, it just feels like it's been made by designers to go ah. Right, and the Amazon, Amazon aren't going to escape this wrath as well because that's just as bad. And you kind of think, and you think there was such a high standard for you know, you know, albeit not all the apps are brilliant, but better than web interfaces if you're going to use them on your phone, as an example. Mm-hmm. And you are got to think, what sort of workings have happened with Apple to say, we're going to let you use a web front end on a device that is designed to do just the opposite. It's designed to have native apps, not just be anything more than a clunky um, web front end, if, if that makes any sense.
2: Well, I think the other part of it is the fundamental user interface is different on an Apple TV. And so making tvOS similar enough to iOS that you don't have to do a bunch of extra stuff if you don't want to, And you will still have an app that functions is frustrating to me because you don't interact with them the same. Just like how you interact with your computer that has a screen that you don't tap with your fingers. It has a keyboard and a mouse as your input mechanisms. That's a very different experience, like browsing the web, for example. How you browse the web on your phone, like mechanically versus mechanically, how you do it in Safari on your computer are very different because there's no input mechanism on your phone, it's your fingers. You tap on the address bar and type something in, which is very different than using a keyboard, like from a mechanical perspective, like using a, a discrete keyboard, which is separate from the screen and, you know, not putting your fingers on the screen to move anything around versus the opposite and all of that. Like those are two different input mechanisms. And in some cases you're doing exactly the same thing. Like if I want to go look something up and find a web page of information about whatever, like The process is the same. You open up your web browser, you type something in, you get your search results back, and then you choose one of those search results and then go investigate further. The mechanics of doing that are very different on both of those platforms. And the mechanics of doing anything on the Apple TV are very different than they are from either macOS or iOS. And I don't know that there's enough awareness about that necessarily as as much as there is like, well, we have an app for the Apple TV now, check. And I find that sort of aggravating because it doesn't seem like those people are actually using those apps. And like, I mean, I could get, I could forgive YouTube a lot if they would let me just turn off that stupid autoplay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The <sighs> Apple TV now. Yeah, I can't figure out how, and I find it very frustrating. Um, that's one of the things that that I think, and and part of it is because people like Apple TV got this reputation as Apple's like forgotten product like yeah we still sell them but we don't care about it quite as much and I was really disappointed in that because I again I want it to be better I want it to be a great experience I was really excited when the app store came I'm glad there's finally a 4k version they were only a year later on that than they really needed to be since they didn't change anything else
1: um I mean that worries me in itself it it, because it it's sort of signposting in a way what they've done with the HomePod. In fact, they've released something that's almost quite there, but it's not quite the finished article. So with the Apple TV, why why didn't 4K come along sooner? And there's probably a myriad of technical reasons, like maybe HDMI specs or something like that. But yeah, there's starting for me to be a bit of a simmering sort of thing with Tim Cook that we're starting to see a concentration on how long can we bring a product out for versus the ruthlessness of Steve. And I know, I know, I know we shouldn't compare Steve to Tim, but we just seem to be entering into a thing where things last a little bit longer than they should, apart from the, oh, this is a segue, the, um, the airport stuff, which has finally been nixed.
2: Now I wish the airport stuff had been had been old yellered ages ago. There's really there there was no excuse for them to continue to sell that stuff in its current state. It needed something, yeah, 100. whatever it was. Um, and one of the reasons that that sort of confused me is because um. Apple hardware was one of the first to take advantage of some of the new networks. So, um, you know, they're all 802.11, but they started adding new letters to the end of them. And, you know, A and B and G and N. And, you know, there's a C, I think, even. AC, um, now is the name as well. AC, right. So...
3: AC, yeah, it's the, the new one, is it? I mean, it went yeah. B, G, N, AC, I think.
2: Yeah. So, Apple was one of the first to take advantage of uh, G. Fast one. And Apple was one of the first to allow you to have uh, to to connect to five gigahertz networks as opposed to just 2.4 gigahertz networks. And Apple was one of the first to build support for 802.11n into their hardware. And so to go from that to, yeah, we're still going to keep selling you this thing which could probably use an update every once in a while. And I don't mean it needs to be an entirely new shape. I don't mean it needs to be, you know, pointlessly added on to. But I felt like it needed a brush up. Like people I know who use Apple networking gear uh, have talked about like, yeah, you know, the, the application doesn't really get any updates. It doesn't get a lot of attention. And so it always sort of felt like the Apple networking hardware was neglected. And that's disappointing as well. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I think is a challenge, though, for Tim Cook is that a lot of this stuff is is hitting maturity like you know it was a fundamental shift to go from a phone that didn't from a phone with a really basic camera to a phone with a camera that could shoot video and it was a fundamental shift to go to the processing power necessary for something like Apple's assistant lady to work to work at all before you even get to the details of like being able to send that information to a server that can crunch the data for you and give her something to say back to you or um being able to recognize women's voices for example which siri was the first assistant i was ever able to talk to that could pretend to understand what i was saying um it'll take a whole
1: lot more than machine learning to get inside your head kelly <laughs>
2: <laughs> this isn't even as far as inside my head. This is being able to hear my voice and and go those are words, I know what to do about that. Um I mean, do you use with- I me mean, for anything more than setting timers and
1: saying call Mr. Kelly?
2: I use it constantly. Um I ask for weather information. I ask for uh um how long is it going to take me to get to a place? Uh and the directions come up and it, it she'll tell me it's going to take 20 minutes or it's going to take four Forty minutes which is important information um there i i i text people constantly from it um the the thing that i do all the time that i didn't realize people didn't know about was that you can tell her to call someone on speaker
1: ah no i didn't know that i've i've been getting used to saying ahoy hoy call someone using whatsapp or facetime audio or facetime but i didn't I didn't know. So what is the command to get on to speakerphone?
2: It's just, uh, Hey lady, call Mr. Kelly on speaker. And when she does the dialing, Uh she will automatically do it on speakerphone. And I usually start a call that way because like, Oh, I need to call this person before I forget. So I start the call, but like my phone is charging on the end of the counter or it's, sitting over there and i'm like washing dishes or something and then i can finish up what i'm doing and then pick up the phone and take it off speaker and so something like that sometimes is um is a little easier yeah or um i use reminders constantly remind me in an hour to do this remind me because i remember now but not when i need to know yep And so, uh, you know, remind me to call this person before that place closes. Remind me this is a thing I need to do. Like Whether I add a time to it or not, just being able to capture that information easily is super fantastic as far as getting it done. Is Siri the only cylinder sort of
1: service you have in your house? Do you have a Google or an Amazon or a Cortana?
2: No, uh, I have an Echo Base and a couple of dots. Um, So I use the A-Lady. A lot, thanks to Jeff Gamut for having a good way to talk about her, but not actually turn her on when people are listening. <laughs> um, so I use a lady constantly. I don't use for as much home automation junk as I do and configure and fight with in my house. Uh, I, I don't do having home because I got, I was trying to get things set up in HomeKit so that I could tell my phone to do some of this stuff and it told me that in order for Mr. Kelly and I to both get to boss around the Hue lights, one of us had to set up the house and then the other one had to invite the other person to the house and I'm like <laughs> no! I live here and he lives here and you should be able to figure out Apple engineers that not everybody lives alone this is a pain in my neck uh i I don't think i said neck at the time um And I'm mad about that. And I'm not going to invite somebody who lives here to their own house. No. So I don't home kit any of my stuff. Uh, and that's why. Because it was going to be stupid. And like we, we tried to get it set up. And there's certain stuff that one of us can do because we set up the house. And certain stuff the other person can't do because they were only invited. And it's dumb. See, and maybe now- that's changed
3: that is isn't that though exactly what we're talking about the, the same thing where no well you know, and it's possible that have, may have changed
2: said, it's just that i got mad and i have enough troubleshooting to do with all of this stuff in the first place and yeah. i just couldn't add the layer of apple nonsense to it at the time
3: but that's, but that's so, just that it just smacks of the of the same thing if no one yeah. is actually sitting down in a real world setting you know mm-hmm. the same as the same as the siri remote which we all know is bloody awful.
2: No, I've tried. I've uh, failed, but I've tried.
3: Well, in, in my case, I am not a big fan of Siri anyway, but I mean the, the thing is just awful because it, when you pick it up, you always seem to pick it up the wrong way round. There's no mm-hmm. indicator on it of to, you know, which especially if you're sitting in a semi-dark room, you know, you pick it up and you, uh, there's no there's no differentiation between the no, menu on button the new
1: version. The there is a button. D- the new version
3: implements yeah, a, a nipple around one of the. They put a oh, ring around so one of them. That's so much better. <laughs> well, actually, apparently it is. The very fact that one of the buttons—I think it's the probably Siri, but it doesn't matter. One of them has a ring around it, so that you can feel with your thumb the, the one can that you Can you feel it? For. Because
2: like that was the thing—is I thought it was it was visual, but like if I ran my Finger over the button with my eyes shut, I wouldn't be able to tell which one it was.
3: No, I'm, I believe there's a, ra- a slightly raised okay. ring around the. I believe. I mean, I have an older one, so I, I don't know, but.
2: Well, it's better than nothing anyway. So.
3: Yeah, it, it's, you know, somebody somewhere. But it, these are yeah. the things that make us mad because we know they should be better and they could be better just by somebody testing it a little bit, not looking at it and going, yes, that's lovely, but actually giving it to somebody and sitting in a living room while they attempt to control their Apple TV with it. Well, my like theory is that they solved it. it.
2: They solved this problem by making the remote something that is so easily swallowed by couch cushions, they don't expect anybody to actually use it for more than a week or two anyway.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. True. The the amount of times it's like, where is it gone now? And you end up disassembling the entire sofa.
2: Yeah, that's what I want on the... uh, That's the thing I want on my watch. Not push the button and make my phone make a sound. I want push the button and make my Apple remote chirp at me (laughs) so I can (laughs) figure out which couch cushion it's under.
3: I know, yeah, they're, they're awful they're awful they're so um, and it's and it's like it's made of Teflon anyway yeah. so it's got nothing to stop it sliding straight down the back of any crevice that it can find
2: exactly and that's super and it's super frustrating because like I try to make sure like I have I haven't lost it but it has been a place I did not intend thanks to gravity and the aerodynamic design of that stupid remote <laughs> yeah well, well another feature so, like, that i gone to pains to make sure like i'm not going to set it anywhere near the you know the gap in the couch cushions because i don't want it to end up in the gap in the couch cushions and yet it will still it make manage its way to disappear there. <laughs> because like I, I set it down and it's super slick and and it's God. aggravating yeah well
1: uh, another feature that thing source... I will
2: say about it is that as long as i've had my apple tv i think i've charged the remote twice
3: yeah there is that the charge lasts a very long time that it's
2: just cool. ages yeah
1: well, another sort of bit of kit that's been discontinued is 3D Touch. So, Kelly, is that well, something... Well, no,
3: it hasn't. No, no, that's not. Well, I'm oh, sorry.
1: Yes, it's go- it, the, a rumor from ming I'm going to change my mind now and then Convince myself in two months, chi q- Quo. It said <laughs> that 3D Touch might be going away. And I've been doing a little bit of reading for once on the article, and it just seems to be it either needs to be on every Apple device or not at all because I've suffered from this. My friend's got an iPad Pro and some of the 3D gestures I do on my phone, I can't do Mm -hmm. on the iPad, which you sort of understand why, but then Mm -hmm. it's like what people do. We always go to lowest common denominator of, well, I might as well just tap everything and forget that it exists because it doesn't exist everywhere. Is it something that you use at all, Kelly?
2: I use 3D Dutch constantly. Uh, I use it with the phone app. I use it with the messages app. I use it to share apps with other people um i have a number of other apps that have implemented it in interesting ways and so i use it tons Uh, i really like it and what i I didn't read the whole article i sort of glanced through it and when it came out because i was what do you mean 3d touch um and I think part of it for me that makes that makes it easier is that uh, most of the stuff that I do with 3D Touch, I don't do on other devices. So um, I'm not force touching to get my favorites to come up on the phone app so that I can call somebody quickly on my iPad. Like I'm not doing that on my iPad. I'm just not. Um, I don't do the uh, force touch on messages to find a person that I, you know, whatever machine learning has decided like pops up in that little window for who I normally message at that time of day or whatever. I don't generally try to do that on my iPad because if I am using messages on my iPad, I opened it up and I'm talking to somebody, you know, through some other... Like for some other reason, it's not like, oh, I just remembered I have to message this person. Um, the biggest thing that I was doing between a, a device that had it and a, and a device that didn't was Touch ID because I had... Uh, until this last Christmas, I didn't have an iPad that had Touch ID. Thanks, honey. And... Um, So about once or twice a week, for ages now because I got touch ID with my 5s. <laughs> I would go and I would hit the button on my iPad and leave my thumb there and wait and what? not be able to figure out why it was still showing me a passcode.
3: I wonder why it's not opening, yeah.
2: Yeah, why right. didn't you Oh yeah. Um so I don't have that problem anymore, which is nice. Um as far as touch like 3D touch goes, um I feel like that's a thing that's too big a deal for it to disappear because it's still a thing that you can do on the iPhone 10. You know, for as as different as the 10 is from other stuff, um, 3D touch is great. You can three D touch the flashlight, which I think is awesome.
1: That is uh, nice. You
2: can 3D touch camera to flip to to flip between like camera modes, which is also really cool. Um, I just feel like it's it's right click on your phone, and I feel like that's too big an opportunity for Apple to let it go. So I don't think that's gonna happen. Um that, I just, I feel like it's, um, uh, I feel like it's him say, being like, I haven't had a headline in a while, so I'm just going to go say something that's going to yeah. up a bunch of people.
1: And if you, and I will do this article one day, cause I'm sick to death of ever going renowned analyst, Ming-Chi Kuo. And, and it's like, he gets, all right. Yeah. He gets stuff right occasionally, but that's cause he heads it, hedges his bets and says, Oh, they're going to get rid of t- touch ID. The next version of touch ID will be better. Well, hang on mm-hmm. a sec. That's just called covering your bases. And all right. this- And
2: so, you know, he's, he's only renowned because everybody keeps talking about what he said and nobody's, nobody's rerunning the article. You know, when 3d touch shows up on the next phone, nobody's going to be rerunning the article where this article, where he said, Oh, it's dead, you know? And you know, I, I, I feel like there there needs to be a little balance as far I as that the goes. Other,
3: the other thing is because, you know, everybody seems to think that he is, you know, the Delphic Oracle. And so... <laughs> They, they all, you know, Min Chi Kuo says and all bow down. But if you read what he says, for example, what he says is Apple's 3D touch may be going away in the mm-hmm. next iteration if they decide to use this club cover glass uh, technology. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not actually said very much. He's saying it might Because using 3D touch with cover glass technology is more difficult. It might, Apple might drop it, but... At the same time, he's not saying they will. He's just, mm-hmm. so he, he kind of can't lose. Because if exactly. they say, oh, well, we decided to put in the effort to make it work, he'll go, well, I never said, I, I never said it was going away. I said it might go away because right. doing it with cover glass is more difficult than with the current technology. But mm-hmm. every, but everybody seems to look at him like he's, like he's prescient and he's not. No, if you, if you look at his actual hit rate, I don't think his hit rate is much better than anybody else's.
2: Well, it's not because he never comes out and says, you know, like like you're saying, he never came out and said there will be no touch ID on the next phone on on Apple's next phone that uses this.
3: No. no. You know, it, like it, that it uses your... this
2: glass. Like n- no, it might cuz it's kind of hard cuz you know, Apple is the first company to back down from an engineering challenge like that. <laughs> yeah. You same. know, Apple gave us 3D touch in the first place and so that I have a hard time with stuff like that. For that reason, you know, somebody got something right on accident ten years ago, and now we're supposed to hang breathlessly on every word that comes yeah. out of them from now on. And I just,
0: Which I find why, it very
2: frustrating because I don't find a lot of value in rumor mongering personally. No, now that's no, nor very. Do I. I heard is very different from you know what would be awesome? Yeah, would be if they leveled up 3D touch in this way, if they leveled up face ID in this fashion. Uh, you know what? That would be awesome. You know what? That sounds ridiculous. Let me let me tell you why. Um, those are very different approaches. And I have never been a fan of r- rumor mongering, all the way back nope. to 2 off, Um, it always reminds me of one of my favorite articles that ever got published. Uh, at Tua, and I don't even remember which model it was, but Erica Sadoon had an article that was uh, everything we know about Apple's new iPhone. Yeah. And it oh. said... And it said, Apple is making one. They're probably going to release it. And that <laughs> yeah. was the whole article. Those were the yes. two points. And that's it. What well, we
3: know. That's brilliant. Yes. Excellent. Everything we know.
2: And it was how awesome. Many,
3: how many times do you see those articles every year? You know, what, everything we know so far mm-hmm. about the iPhone 11 or whatever it is. Yeah. Nothing.
1: We everything know, you need to know about nothing. Westworld season three, just as season yes. two's just finished, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The want to be
2: one. B1, we totally know it's coming and people were so, like people were mad and i thought it was awesome i'm like i just want to run this article every year like yeah. from now on you know every june every, every like again. yeah like just about the time the rumor mill cranks up we just need to run the same article again um yep. it was my favorite and and you know even when we think we know what apple's going to do we don't always know and like for me that's kind of fun it's like movie spoilers You know, and how everybody watched episode seven and. Kept quiet about it that whole first weekend and even you know into the week, so that people who went into the movie were able to were able to enjoy it. And I like to go into movies that way. Like I enjoy not knowing everything about the film before I go in and see it. And I enjoy getting to be surprised when Apple trots something out on stage. You know, like when Steve Jobs walked out on stage with that Manila envelope and pulled a laptop out of it Yeah, that I was in the room when that happened and it was mind blowing. I got to go to two Steve notes uh, at MacWorld back in the day. I got to go to the iPhone, the iPhone note and the first Apple TV note, which was kind of fun because um, if you go watch the video online, um, he kept calling it ITV and then he would <laughs> slip and he would go, yeah, we you know, something about, you know, like we changed the name and I still call it the old name or something like that it was very funny. Um, Yeah, the first iteration of Apple TV that looked like a Mac Mini um, was the one I got to see. But then later, like he comes out with this inner office mail envelope and pulls a laptop out of it. And it's a thing that nobody had ever seen before. And whatever the speculation was, like nobody was speculating about that with the first edition, the first generation MacBook Air. And it was amazing. And watching it all come together like that was great. And I had no idea that's what was coming. And like we had hope for the iPhone when we. We got we, you know, when we went to the iPhone Steve note when I got up at 245 in the morning and went and stood in line in front of a building in San Francisco. Uh, it was a really long day. Like even now, like I'm tired thinking about that first day of Macworld. Um, yeah, because when it like when you take a late lunch and you realize you're in hour twelve of your day and it's lunchtime mm-hmm. for the rest of the world, um, yeah, <laughs> that makes for a really long day. Um, cause short story, I was there for work. And um, one of the things that I was to be doing was a demonstration of the software for the company I worked for, and uh, I was giving talks. Like in the booth, like people would come and sit down and talk with us, and I had this. Um, audience survey software so this little heads up display on the podium would show me like i would ask a question and then i would um i would like see what the results were they had these little controls that they would use and you know vote yes or no on something and so i would look at it and uh and then like after this after the steve note where we got the iphone and it was super amazing and like blew everybody's mind so i went and i had to give this presentation and i said okay one of the things we're gonna ask the audience hey audience um are you still using the the classic layer at your work, you know, in your office for uh, classic applications? And like 40% of the people in this one particular session said yes. And I said, okay, well, for those of you, like, I, I was really punchy. And it was like four in the afternoon. I'm in like hour 14 or 15 or whatever of my day. And I went, okay, well... For the 40% of you who said yes, I'd like to invite all of you to join us in the 21st century. I don't know if you've heard, Apple makes phones now. It's pretty awesome here in the future. You should join us. And what I found out later was that the CEO of the company was standing behind me and was sort of watching to see what the <laughs> sessions were going like. And- I nearly died of embarrassment um, at that moment and went, oh, like, I was just trying to be funny. And, you know, like I was reading the room like they were there with me, like the people in the audience thought it was fun, you know. And, and then later I was like, oh, God, I didn't realize he was standing back there like paying attention. Like I knew he was at Macworld, but I didn't know he was listening. And it turned out he liked it. But I'm like, you know, if I was reading the room, I I wouldn't have said that if I had known that he was standing there behind me. And the footnote to that story is that um that same year, that same booth um, the demonstration like on the floor is like people were walking by and like were interested in our software and wanted to see what we were up to uh, one of the people who came by to find out what we were up to was Mike Rose of the unofficial Apple weblog and that was how my relationship with 2 started
1: that's one hell of a segue from <laughs> I can't I can't actually remember what we were talking about before then I, I'm loving this is like just going to Reaper take a look Kelly Audio <laughs> Kelly Audio more Kelly Audio <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Although I can segue into this because that moment when Steve poured the laptop out of the Manila manila envelope was... That was something special. Have you seen this new HP risk powered do hickey thing, which is basically it's Windows, but it's not quite windows it's like it's like the surface, but it runs Windows apps, but it doesn't run all Windows apps but it's got a Qualcomm processor, but it can't run 64 bit apps and it's really small and it hasn't got much of a spec but yet they want the grain for it laptop.
2: I haven't. And now I'm kind of mad about it because it just sounds like a recipe for aggravation. I mean, you're going to start with running windows, but not everything. It, it sounds yeah. very no but yeah but no but yeah but and i don't like that in technology it, pick one i don't it, care which well and i don't I even care if it's a decision i agree with as long as you just commit to something like just pick
3: it. We, when, we, when we first heard about it it sounded quite interesting it's um it's uh, it's uh qualcomm snapdragon powered uh you know convertible yeah, tablet see, laptop thing I'm
2: listening and now you add twenty-seven asterisks to it, and I quit listening. And, uh, and
3: then it's like, and it runs Windows ten, and it's got you know twenty-four hour battery life, and it's uh, got an LTE always connected connection. And so we're going, right, well, okay, this is sounding quite good. And it's a yeah. thousand, and it's a thousand dollars. Okay, that's quite a lot for something like that, but even so, fair enough. I don't and, know if
2: it's if it's got LTE built in, like that sounds pretty awesome. I mean, yeah.
3: and then that was all all great. And then the next week we had a re- we found a review saying, I tried the new Intel, you know, the the Qualcomm uh, thing, and boy, did I miss Intel. And the biggest kicker was, yeah, it doesn't run 64-bit Windows apps. For it's like, And that's like, right, so now you've just committed another Windows RT cock-up, haven't you? You just shot yourself in the that's foot. Te-
2: well, and, it, and the problem is that making that sort of decision is just making it harder for end users to understand what's actually wrong. Yeah. You know, like, it's a 64-bit app is not a thing that a regular person who's trying to run a piece of software is going to consider as they troubleshoot. And that, to me, is the thing that's frustrating. I've done a lot of software support in my life. I still, I do software support to this day, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, Both personally and professionally, I'm IT for my family. And one of the... One of the frustrating things about it is that um, I can look at something like that and or you know any like i can look at most pieces of software and if you give me the tour i can tell you all the ways that users are going to be mad about it whatever it is <laughs> because i've spent a long time talking to to users about what they're doing or not doing or unable to figure out how to do with loads and loads of software and hardware and it's frustrating because this isn't stuff that regular people can troubleshoot so it's going to be hard when somebody says, why can't I run the the program I have on my other computer on this computer? Like, how do you explain to that person the difference between a 32 bit app and a 64 bit app? Exactly. Like, like to people who just want to know, like, I just want to get it done. I just want to, you know, I don't want to have to know anything about bits and how many like that seems like a bad decision
1: well the, well, the world thing. is synonymous, synonymous with Windows, isn't it? You can't say there's a, th- there's a platform called Windows, but not all of your stuff is going to work on it, but it says made for Windows. Ah, yeah, it's this is for that version of Windows, this is this version of Windows, and Simon nailed it. It's, the Surface RT, in theory, was a damn good idea. Really good. However, that... Beast around its neck using the word Windows was its ultimate undoing. They should
3: never have called it a Windows tablet. If they nope. called, they'd introduced it and called it. A Microsoft tablet, even. Microsoft tablet, the RT tablet, anything is like putting Windows on it doomed it.
2: Right. It should have been a Microsoft RT tablet or a Microsoft yes. RT some or a Microsoft it's XQ, something. whatever. Yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Calling keep,
3: it Windows RT nope, just keep was Windows a disaster, right? Because you had the, the Surface Pro running proper Windows. Yeah. And then you had a cheaper one running Windows RT, which after you bought, you found could only, you know, couldn't run proper Windows apps, only stuff out of the store or whatever it was. And it's like, no, it should have just been called the Microsoft RT lightweight tablet or something. And and then it would have been fine.
2: Microsoft portable. Microsoft. I mean, yeah, whatever it is, keep, keep Windows the heck away from it because otherwise this is where you end up. And this is a terrible place to end up.
1: But yeah, somehow Android gets away with it. But then again, it's Android. Sorry, Android users, because well, uh, because you can get Android it tablets. Feels that feels like
2: that was a conscious branding decision on Android's part, though. Yeah. At this point, like it's it's almost like they don't care. Yeah, you know, and and to a certain extent they don't because if something if you have an issue with your Android phone, who do you call for help?
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I've actually once no fair plays. I had a faulty Google um, Pixel phone, and uh, it was a, a. In fact, Kelly, next time you're on, I will go on it arm's length about just how diabolical it is every time I go to an Apple store <laughs> I, I all I wanted I popped in on a Saturday afternoon no 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 nothing we could do no, oh hang on a sec we've got an opening here in about oh an hour's time is that okay yeah fine so right we'll send you a text message remind me to come back to whatever point I've just diverted from oh we could send you a text message alright so I'm there with my friend think we've got an hour we go and get a coffee, and the second my butt touches the seat, oh, we're ready for you now. Please come be back into the Apple Store. Oh, all right, fine. I won't pay for my overpriced coffee. That actually takes, you know, it's longer to queue for and for it to make than for me to actually <laughs> drink it, which is my biggest pet peeve about coffee. Walk all the way back across time, get there. Ah, oh, right, I've just had a text message. Certainly take a seat. 25 minutes later, Apple genius, Ah! Apple genius comes up. Oh, what's up with your phone? I've done the serial number. I know I have a faulty battery. Can we skip everything and just go straight to the part where you replace the battery? All right. So I understand you've got a faulty battery. Yes. Well, what I need to do is take the serial number. I've done it. Check the call log. Another 20 minutes go past. Oh yes, I can see that you need new battery. However, we've run out of slots for today to repair it. Can you come back tomorrow? <laughs> I look at him. I say, I'm two and a half hours away. Oh well, can you pop in? I I'm two and a half hours away.
2: Is... Today, this is yeah. <laughs> And it's, I would be frustrated too. I absolutely understand. That's not cool.
1: Oh, and this isn't the first one. I'll Very, very quickly, uh, four hours to take in a faulty iPad that would not complete an iCloud backup, uh, including wiping it, creating a new iCloud account. And they said, oh, yeah, it does appear that there's a problem. Can you come back tomorrow? <laughs> it's where is this surprising oh, delight? Where is this magical man I keep hearing about in the press to say I went in with an iPad and the man and the man came out and said, "Oh, don't worry, here's a new iPad." Why is that not happening to me? What am I doing wrong? I just want the battery on my 6S. <laughs> I
3: know that I, should not be difficult, should
1: it? Be? I, I take it you're running the iPhone. Battery? 10 are you kelly i'm sorry are you running the iphone 10
2: i am not mr kelly is
1: all oh, right So i was gonna say because how would the iphone 10 because it's fair to say you've got quite a lustrous head of hair yes and i'm just wondering how face id would deal with the hair situation I'm wondering
2: how it would deal with the for, would deal with the days where i can't deal and i just put a rubber band in it and pull it all back and it seems like because that was my first question <laughs>
1: Was great minds sink alike
2: finally. What happens with like what happens with a hairdo? Because generally, women have a little more flexibility in this than men do. And so, you know, like if you if the first thing you do is it, you know, if face ID relies on your hair to a certain extent and you put a rubber band in it, like did you just break face ID? And I wondered that. And so far, people I know uh, who have the 10 who use Face ID, like um, hat on doesn't seem to matter, sunglasses or not, or eyeglasses or sunglasses doesn't seem to matter. Um, There's been... Oh, I
1: think we've just lost someone at the chat. Have we lost you, Kelly? Oh, I actually didn't realise that, Kelly. Oh, yeah, we've just lost Kelly. So I'm going to put a small marker here. And you know what's worse, dear listener, is I realized that Kelly's just been doing a voice call with us, uh, sorry, a video call with us. So we will be right back. After this small musical interlude, I heard it da da donk. Are we are you back there with okay, us, Kelly? How
2: about now, yes,
1: yeah. there we go.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Okay,
3: can we can we uh, just do the walking robot transforming into a sports car? Can we fit that one in,
1: and then we'll do the <laughs> iPhone ten. I'm a bit lost because I don't because I lost Kelly mid run, and I've got to apologise, Kelly. It wasn't until you disappeared I realised you actually did a video call with us.
2: I wasn't meaning to.
1: Oh, there we are then. <laughs> Yay! It's not just me who gets it wrong. I feel justified in my life. Woo! <laughs> um, right. Sorry, Kelly. What was the end of that story? Because I, I I'm a bit lost now.
2: Well, I was just talking about... Um, you were t- talking about uh, Apple Store Service. Or oh, lack of. of yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, it, it wasn't a very interesting story. just an excuse me to have a bit of a rant. That was to be honest. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was just you sounding off on your favourite... Uh, yeah, but it's like... A- Oh, when you're there and you go to them and they make you, and what really grinds me, what really, sorry, Kate, what really winds me up. No, I will not breathe until this rant is finished (laughs) because I'm there. I'm talking to a man in a shop who's got an iPad and he makes me call Apple to then say, oh, well, you need to go into an Apple store. I am. (laughs) I'm calling you using their phone. God dang it. And then they go back to them and say, oh, yeah, you want to go see Jeffrey over there? He might have a spot. Hi, Jeffrey. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, have you called our phone line? Get stuffed. <laughs> I know. When I give you keywords like I have already done the following steps, I will guarantee you the next five questions are going to be this, this, and this. And I will answer yes to all of them. So please. My iPhone 6S battery is causing global warming because I have to have it charged in. I can't even look at it, turn the screen on without it going, oh, insufficient power. And I don't want to send it away. I know I could send it away in the post, but then what am I supposed to do? Just sit at home and not be on my iPhone or go to a pub and not ignore people. What sort of life is that? If I'm gonna be antisocial, at least I want to be looking at my phone and being properly antisocial, not just being awkward. <laughs> Simon, robots, what's all that about?
3: Right, uh, right, ro- ro- okay, yeah, this is.
1: Oh, robots! Apple they're the ones Apple. who work in the Apple store, asking me the same blinking questions.
3: I just. Uh... <laughs> I found this on I found this on digital trends. Um and I have to put it in because it's just so cool, really. Uh it's a giant walking robot which transforms into an electric car. Uh for real. This is real. The guy built this. There's videos of it. Um I mean, apparently it's about uh four meters
1: tall, I think you said. Um it Yes, it a looks control. like the robot at of Starfleet, a 80s programme that only I seem to remember.
3: Right. Well, um, it, it's a real robot. And if you watch the video, you see apparently it can walk at approximately 18 miles per hour. Uh, in the car mode, it can get up to 37 miles an hour. Um, although the developers have limited testing to uh, driving around the factory where they built it. Um, And it's a short video, but it does actually show you it walking and then transforming into a car and two guys getting into it and driving away. So there you go.
1: That would be awesome, parking that up at work. Absolutely awesome.
3: And, uh, you know, there you go. Uh, The bloke says it's not really very practical, but there you go. He just built it.
1: Practicality be damned. Have you seen this, Kelly? I'll put it into the wire chart. Hold on. There we go practicality well, be damned
2: me, the thing to me that's the most interesting about it is the fact that they found a way to engineer something that could do this and thinking about what you could do with that same with those same sort of principles in some other sort of context
1: hang on a second i'm just walk, watching the walking video that is no way you're gonna walk at 18 miles an hour
3: Is it heck? Well, not according to that, but then that's just shuffling along the floor. Maybe, you know, they crank it up. It does go fast.
1: Shuffling? That's worse than me when I'm
2: trying to find my slippers. 18 miles a charge.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they say maximum walking speed is 18 miles per hour. That's what they claim. They don't show it walking at 18 miles an hour, but that's not the point. The point is it actually transforms into a car and they get in it and drive
2: away. It walks at all, and also can be a car. And it's all the same thing. Like, yeah, good yeah. enough for me. That's
3: um, pretty cool. That's all,
2: you know. about, like, what sort of engineering has to go into this so that it has two very different modes of transportation and making all of that work. And, of course, it looks like something straight out of anime. Um, I really, I, I like the idea of what engineering something like this could could entail for other for other sorts of tech and that's the reason that I think it's very cool because being able to take something that that uses one mode of forward motion and then uses a set, a completely different mode of forward motion like that seems like a really interesting problem to have solved and now that they've solved it you know it's one of those things where like the way that something like that can get applied is going to be really unexpected later and I'm really curious to see where this goes yeah
3: Um, And the the guy who's developed it said really the point was to try and uh, a is to just build a transformer because he loves the whole concept and how, how could you actually make that work in real life, which he has done, and that he would like you know, it to inspire other people to uh, you know work on similar
1: problems. So yeah, but sometimes you don't have to invent something for a reason, you just invent something just because. I mean, a lot of the inventions in the world that escape me right now were accidental inventions. <laughs> I, I really just yeah. I I, you're laughing, and I am i don't know why. No, I'm laughing
2: because you said it escapes you right now, because the one that I always think of is post-it notes.
1: Uh, I was, For some reason, I'm thinking of salt, but that might just be because I'm absolutely starving, and I know that salt wasn't invented. <laughs> but you know what I mean? When you invent something like insulin, was that the one? Or oh, yakult. That sort of probiotic drink, which is actually from the enzymes of elephant poo. Is it? How nice. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, always,
3: would, I've always wanted to know that, Mark.
2: <laughs> sticky notes were like, there was a guy at 3M who was, try- was working on some sort of adhesive and spilled it across a notepad. And then... Like they, you know, he discovered that this particular adhesive that he was working on was easily repositionable and worked really well to stick a piece of paper to the wall and thought that was pretty great and here we are like i don't i are. feel like sometimes yeah. my life is powered by post-it and notes, so i'm a, glad they a
3: here is a bit of trivia about uh the 3m sticky note told to me by somebody who used to work for 3m and that is that apparently in 3m uh messages are mandated to be uh transferred by blim which is blaming little yellow notes
1: <laughs> <laughs> and on that <laughs> note have- And on that note, send all their messages that way. There you go. uh, Yeah, and and I really do think on that note, that's it. We we cannot peak any lower than that. Uh, As always, Kelly, it has been an absolute pleasure. I love the fact that Simon spent ages crafting some notes in where they all go out the window whenever you're on the show. So, this is the this is the point where you can show yourself, tell people where you are, what you're up to, all the other stuff. Where it is you do? Where it is your going? Whatever. Go for it. This is your time. <laughs>
2: Uh, You can find me over at the incomparable network where I occasionally pop up on some of the other shows, but that's where uh, my podcast greetings from the uncanny Valley is uh, hosted. And uh, like I said, before we talk about Westworld, Uh, Don and I talk about Westworld kind of a lot and uh, you can find all of it there. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. You should find me on micro.blog as Verso, and, uh, Aside from that, uh, you should probably look at appcampforgirls.com. I was hoping you were
1: going to mention that.
2: An organization I work with uh, where uh, we teach iOS development to girls going into grades eight and nine. And it's super duper fun. We are in four cities in the United States this year and uh, we would like to be in more. We would like to expand internationally internationally. And I would like to come to all sorts of places around the world and help build AppCamp for everyone who wants it. So uh, you can make that happen. Another thing that I will tell you is if you write in, we just started this. uh, If you donate to AppCamp for Girls and you say that uh, you heard about AppCamp for Girls through the Essential Apple Podcast uh, we have a special goodie that we will send you in the mail.
1: And you might also get a reply from Kenny like I never have when I was trying to hunt her down to come on this show.
2: <laughs> and oh, he's get so there.
1: wounded, but. He's so wounded by that, Kelly. I filled so out wounded. the That's form.
2: Like he has me on the show. Like I haven't been mad about this for a while, so we should have Kelly come back on the show so I can bring it up and rub it in. Well,
1: when, well, it just goes to show that you know when you're after a, 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 an internet legend like you are, uh, you know, it, it just makes it. You know, we've had some good people on this show before, but Kelly was too good to come on the show. Mm-hmm. I even I was the second person to ever fill out your feedback form on your website. Mm-hmm. I don't,
2: I have, I've been on the show every time that you've invited me. Yeah, I do. I'm just for the record. I, <laughs> I, I really like getting to talk to you guys. I, I don't like rolling out of bed at six thirty Sunday morning, but I am glad that I did.
1: Thank you, Kelly. It is much appreciated. AppCom for girls is an absolutely stunning um, venture as well. There's so much positivity uh, positivity that comes out from it, and it's not. It's I'm quite a cynical person. I don't usually go for this whole. It's about empowerment, but in this case, it is good to see. You know. When you came on last time and you basically broke our records for the singest, longest segment ever by a guest. Uh, That's the whole point of the show is to get people on to talk about, you know, things that they love doing and things what they're passionate about. And yeah, I think you pretty much tick all the boxes. You've got your Twitter, which is at Verso. Is that still the active one that people can get a hold of you up? Yeah and just give us that link to that micro.blog blog one more time
2: it's at micro.b blog slash verso uh, if you if you sign up for microblog uh you can find me there pretty easily
1: uh, I've been looking at this actually and I was going yes I've been very very tempted but is it any good I love it awesome and I used it to work with
2: me it gives me a very um app.net slash uh OG Twitter sort of vibe back before um back before it all turned on us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like people talk about stuff that's fun and interesting and useful and uh, you can have like a reasonable amount of conversation it's pretty great
1: excellent again Kelly in all seriousness thank you very much for coming on and giving us your time especially so early on the Sunday we really really do appreciate it and uh, yeah we will have you back in well whenever you can fit us in with your mega busy superstar lifestyle (laughs) Simon, if they want to get hold of you, how can they do so good, sir?
3: Uh, Well, of course, the best way to get hold of me is to uh, reach out to me on Twitter, where I am, at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Or you can email me at essentialapple at serenak.33mail.com.
1: Or if you want to do something a little bit simpler, you can join us in the chat room. We've got a Slack room where now you don't need a special invite. Just go to bit.ly slash E-A-P underscore Slack. And that will be in the show notes at the chapter point here. If you look at your devicey screamy thing, even though we do it each week, and we're pretty sure that nobody uses chapters, but if it's good enough for ATP, it's good enough for us. <laughs> right. And until next time, cheerio, everyone. Goodbye, all. You can say goodbye, know, if you want, Kelly.
2: <laughs> be excellent to each other.
1: Awesome. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. That was brilliant. Thank you, Kelly. It's always fun to have you on. I I must admit, I've been looking forward to this one for the last couple of weeks.
2: (laughs) After I sent a message in a panic. (laughs) (laughs) well
1: yeah but you oh god
2: it's not this Sunday, is it okay
1: yeah (laughs) you wouldn't believe that sometimes we've had like guests lined up and it's our setup has been working fine and then the gods decide to curse us and go well simon can't hear anyone i can't i can only hear one person at a time we've got we've had (laughs) feedback we've had every single imaginable problem
2: oh yeah i can imagine um Don and I are using Discord to record, and it's awesome. I think we do you
1: turn off the things like um echo cancellation and AGC? I think
2: it is. Oh, yeah, like yeah disable all that crap but yeah. but the beauty of it for me because i'm the person who edits our show is that um i don't have to split the tracks oh, because
1: so you get a track per person
2: we both sound well we both sound awesome on one track so i just pick the one that sounds a little better sometimes it's me and sometimes it's Don. and i just edit the one because it does i mean we interrupt each other a lot but we just sort of leave it all in so i don't have to split both of us out yeah like if i'm gonna if i'm gonna cut anything i'm gonna cut both of us like as a as a unit i'm just gonna take that whole hunk of audio out anyway so um i leave all the interruption and everything in and i I don't worry about it all that much at least in the middle and it's great like i don't have to split the tracks anymore i do all the editing in ferrite on my ipad
1: yep and brilliant program
2: and it's and it's done. Like that's the only reason we can do two shows a week is because I don't have to go through near as many gyrations now that we've gone to Discord.
1: Because Ferrite as well and also the audio levels the aud- and it level does um Ferrite do audio leveling? Because that's the problem I've always found is I've got quite a nice setup here, but it's the last bit of getting all the audio um, leveled off properly.
2: Um there's some automation. Like under track automation, you can make a pass, uh, and I think there's a a leveller in there. Um, what I have found is that at least with Don and I, for the most part, we end up um, level-wise. We end up about the same. So I don't have to worry about it quite as much. And so um, the only thing I end up doing is um, because I haven't found a good FTP program for my iPad. um, Because I never needed transmit. And now that I actually need, so I never bought it. And now that I actually need something, I can't get transmit anymore. Can you
1: not use uh, Workflow and push it up some way like that?
2: I don't know if Workflow does SFTP, which is what I need. Uh, um, Yeah. In order to get stuff up on the incomparable servers. So I do everything in Dropbox. And then I just do all the fill in in uh, I on my laptop. I just do every I do the the all the CMS entry and everything.
1: Uh, one day on we will computer. sit down and have a chat about using the iPad as daily driver because I'm building up to that. And it's, uh, I'm trying to do it all with apps, which I know is going to be a kick in the pants because you can't print an invoice from eBay as an example. So that'll be a nice little follow-up episode.
2: Well, I have a brother printer and I have a printing app that will print to the printer from my iPad, even though my printer isn't an AirPrint printer. Ooh, what's that called? Um, Brother Print and Scan, I think.
1: Okay, I'll have a look out for that. Well, I guess that's a good place to end the after show of the podcast. So, um, <sighs> so oh, well, there we are. So, uh, John, over to you. Cheerio.
4: With the travel season rapidly approaching. It's time to refresh your luggage. Let's get some new luggage that's great for travel, for air, for car, for bus, for boat, for train, for paddle steamer, that's good for technology, that's good for the weekend, a general purpose rolling luggage that will go in the overhead compartment or fit easily into any vessel upon which you are traveling. The company is called Hex. That's H-E-X. The product is the Carry On Roller, C-A-double. R Y O N R O double Website is hexbrand.com H E X B R A N D dot C O M. Cost in the US is two hundred dollars. This is a rugged piece of rolling carry on luggage with the wheels and the handle. Attached to it. So it goes everywhere and it looks great. There's no way to know that it's got your personal technology in it. Looks like a fairly generic olivey green color. It has a two strap khaki canvas handle for lifting it up and a slightly more cushioned end handle when it's in its roller mode. So let's lift up the long arm okay snap that in place two full-size wheels on the bottom a good skid rack on the part that lays flat and then underneath also a stabilizer so it's always standing up it's very well protected this is actually a premium piece of luggage for technology as well as personal gear it weighs seven pounds which is over three kilograms so it's not lightweight it's durable it's meant to last it has just the right amount of pockets and compartments for instance when you're opening opening it up and you unzip these zippers There's another zipper, and that leads to a full-size 15-inch compartment for a full-size MacBook Pro. Let's put mine in there. Let's see if it fits. Just a second. Setting it down. Yep, it slides right in there just fine. Then there's space for your iPad, phone, your chargers, your cables, a magazine or a newspaper, room for all your clothes for the weekend or a short trip. Modest style and design. Like I said, it does not call attention to itself in any way. I've got two air trips coming up one in June and one in July. I am going to take this on the plane with me. I'm not going to put our doggy in it. I'm going to take it with my own stuff. I think I can probably get, oh, easily two, three days worth of stuff, plus my personal items and technology and maybe a light pair of shoes in there. It's fairly spacious, but it's not big. If you can understand that it's not massive, but it's well designed. The sides are both soft and rugged, meaning they're not going to collapse on you like a typical duffel bag. I think for $200, which is a lot of money for a straightforward piece of luggage, you will have this for a very long time. I've used products from Hex Brand in the past for my iPad, coating stuff to work and to school. So let's get the dimensions. In centimeters, that's 56 centimeters by 31 centimeters by 28 centimeters. So it's not large, but it is ample in size. The Hex Carry-On Roller. If you see me rolling it across the airport, Tucson or San Jose or Portland, please stop me and say hello. Back next week with more Nemo's hardware store.
3: We are part of the MyMac.com podcasting network, where you can find such excellent shows as Guy and Gaz on the MyMac show, Tim and David on the Tech Fan Show, the Three Geeky Ladies, the Geekiest Show Ever, uh, the excellent Bart Bouchotts with his Let's Talk, the Club Nintendo, and many, many more.
0: Hello and good evening. This is Gaz for the MyMac Podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality, downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, old Bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac Podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact we restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited god sky i can't go on with this Kidding! The MyMac Podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows about OS 10 and iOS there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? Then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right... That- That's about 10 laps per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for my Mac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important, though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach problems. Well, that would explain why he was doubled over at the time. Check out the Stoplight Network and the MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a